Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today we have on with us Ariel Astoria. She is a traveling spoken word poet, a self-published author, a dance party enthusiast, (laughs) uh, an event host, a speaker, a body positive model, an actor, and a professional feeler, which I really understand on a deep, deep level. (laughs) The deepest. (laughs) And hey, Ariel, we are so, so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. I'm excited to be here. As yes. I put like air quotes. You're in air quotes. <laughs> yes. This is like yes. the closest form of connection we can have. And we're, we're just excited that you'll, you'll impact Absolutely. our Thank you. Know, you. The, the new normal of here. right now. Yeah, yeah, truly. This is, this is what life will look like for quite some time. Yep. It's nah. crazy. Remember when we thought this was like going to be a three-week thing? Yeah, a few weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I talk, we, my husband and I talk about it all the time because the week before we went on lockdown, we were like talking to our bartender and like <laughs> talking about drinks and stuff. And I was like, wow, we really had no idea. Yeah. Like truly no idea. Yeah. I think it's a good metaphor though for life. Like you never really know what it's going to be. <laughs> Very true. That's very true. Yeah. A little scary, but it's okay. (laughs) Moving away from the scary conversation. Ariel, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and if you don't mind saying how old you are. Okay. I am Ariel Astoria. I live in Pasadena, LA area, but I'm originally from the Bay Area. Um, so born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I moved to LA for college in about 2010, and I just kind of stayed um, everything made more sense for being here in LA. I am 28 years old. I'll be 29 in October. Um, and uh, did I miss anything? No, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So your poetry, we're just jumping right into it. Um, your poetry is so beautiful. It's so beautiful, guys. So beautiful. If you haven't yet listened to Ariel's poetry, <laughs> pause this podcast right now. Go on her Instagram, yeah. go on her website, please, and take a listen because <laughs> it's beautiful. But be prepared to cry a little bit. <laughs> um, so when did you start performing and what kind of drew you to poetry in particular? Yeah, so my background is actually in theater. Um, So I went to an arts high school and I studied theater there. So it was like half of your academics and then the later half of the day was your art form. So I wrote a lot for theater and also performed a lot for theater. And then I kind of loved that dynamic of art and also education. And so I went into college thinking that I would do art therapy for kids. And so I studied a double major in psychology and theater yet again. Um, And the more I got involved in theater, the more I realized people who pursue theater in college are like trying to do that for the rest of their lives. And I was like, yeah, I don't really think I need to be on stage. You know, (laughs) I was like, I'll do the practical thing. Um, I don't, I'm not a tinkerbell. Like I don't need the applause to live. Like that's just like kind of how I felt. And 
And so I dropped my theater major turned minor turned. I'm not taking a tech class. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, I just dropped it. And then after that is when I started to do more poetry. So again, I had always written kind of more theatrical things. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very much so like monologues. They were very much so in the same cadence as spoken word, which is poetry meant to be said out loud. So as I was performing a monologue at like a coffee shop on our campus, um, one of the guys who I now call like my poetry co- my poetry brother to this day, he was like, did you write that? Like that was spoken word. And I was like, no, it's a monologue. You know, it's like, it, it, it's what you do to like put on another persona he was like no but the way you performed it was poetry and Mm -hmm. I was like okay so then that turned into going to an open mic and being on a competitive poetry team for two years Mm -hmm. um and I had written poetry and written poetic like things um and I loved it I loved competitive poetry until I didn't because I'm not a competitive person and so (laughs) to be a competitive poet was really hard because I'm just like how do you grade someone's great like greatest hair art and yeah and so I mean there were just Judges, you were on a team of five people. Um, only four could be on stage at a time. You have three minutes with a five-second grace period to say your poem. If you go over that, you get points deducted. You're scored on a zero to ten decimal point scale. So it was like a whole wow. Thing. That's really and then you're like competing against other poets to get a ten on your poem. So <laughs> and on your it poem. was. Yeah, it was like very, I mean, I always got tense. So but at the same time, it it was like, how do you rate this? You know, like, how do you rate something so deep? And so intimate Mm -hmm. about yourself? Mm -hmm. And how do ultimately, how do you judge the experience of someone else? And so I did that for two years. And then I started to branch out and got invited to speak at other people. I was a resident advisor. Um, so I would give poems to my girls or I would do nights for mm-hmm. us um, where I would read poetry over them. And other resident advisors were like, can you come and do that for my girls too? Oh and my so I did God. a lot of that in college. And then I started doing more um, chapels and more churches and more conferences. And then it just kind of spiraled. And so, but I've always written. That is how i process the world the most um Mm -hmm. that is where I found the deepest parts of who I am and how I'm wired and how to show up in this world oh I love it I have a dumb question okay probably not a dumb question no it is definitely a dumb question what's the difference between spoken word poetry and slam poetry um they're the same so they're the same except the only differentiation is that slam is specifically competitive I'm still a spoken word poet, but I'm not a slam poet. I don't really do a lot of competitions anymore. Um, And so that's the only difference. Slam is specifically the competitive part of spoken word. So they're interlaced. One just has a different context. Uh, Interesting. See, not dumb. Helpful. Yeah, not dumb. Very interchangeable. People always ask that. I'm like, I don't know. What's the difference? Yeah. Because yeah, much the same. They're pretty much the same. Yeah, very good to know. Also, I totally hear everything you're saying, Ariel. I was theater major. I'm an actor, so I totally get everything you're coming from. Especially the comparing, the comparing art thing, especially when it's really personal. Mm -hmm. Like even if like you're performing something that you haven't written, but you're being like scored or judged, it's still you're still bringing yourself to it and you're into it. To it, it's. Mm -hmm. And it's like really hard to 
to separate that, like the work from yourself a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially within, I I think I loved acting because at that season in my life, I didn't know how to step into my own story. I didn't know how to step into my own vulnerability. So the ability to step into characters, stories and characters vulnerabilities was like, this weird thing where I felt like I was being vulnerable yeah. with a part of my story, but not vocally vulnerable. And and then I found, you know, more spoken word, more poetry. And I was like, no, you, you have to put you in it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not authentic. Whereas for theater, yeah, you can put you in it, but you also need to convey that character. Otherwise, it's not authentic. Right. So I definitely, I needed both for sure. But I think so much of it was using the characters of others and acting as permission to hide from my own story and my own vulnerability, Mm -hmm. and then needing to step into that. And I still act a little bit. I love acting. That will always be my first love. Um, But it definitely looks a lot different when I'm on stage, mostly just as myself yeah (laughs) and it's so gorgeous yeah that's so interesting I've I've honestly never thought about it like that and I do I I wouldn't call myself the actor in the way that Julia is you Um, dabble but I dabble um (laughs) and it's so interesting because I I remember I said to Julia when I would do theater obviously it's so special and you're trying to portray a character or really be the character and convey that story to an audience. But I mentioned to her that when I also sing and when I transitioned to actually writing my own music, it was this, and and singing as myself, not as a character Mm -hmm. on a stage and telling like my own story, that it was such a weird shift because I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is actually me. This is me playing me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. It was such a different shift. So it's, it's, it's so interesting and powerful that you said that too. Yeah, definitely. So Ariel, something that I love about you, which I find really different than a lot of other poets that I know, not that I know many, um, <laughs> but I feel like you've really taken your poetry and you've kind of turned it and you into a brand, which I think is like really awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about like how you kind of did that, how you use, how you've used Instagram to do that? Cause you're really yeah. on there and stuff too. Yeah, definitely not on purpose. <laughs> None of this was on purpose, if you will. I think poetry became a little bit on purpose after graduating, but even that was more so like, I guess I'm going to do this. Um, <laughs> the same, the same with uh, social media. I, if you, I, I haven't deleted anything on my Instagram. So if you go way back, you will find uh, all of me there. Yeah. And uh, my first couple posts were like, super angsty like me in old buildings and I like wrote something about you know uh refurbishing things that you think are old and unusable or it'd be like a polaroid of my siblings and I and and so I I purposely didn't delete anything on my Instagram because I wanted people to know um where I come where I came from and how I started um and it really only started to grow for a few reasons one most of my friends or photographers. So as they were starting out their careers, they would also have me part of campaigns and things. So I did a lot of hand modeling, a lot of like in the alleyway with popcorn and things like that. Except I would post captions that were like in real time, you know, or real thoughts or little poems that I had been writing. And 
then also the twofold of being on, in college and speaking more. And so having, you know, being a little bit m more known on campus and things like that. And so that was like part of my growing. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to branch out and speak at conferences and churches and things like that. So people were like, well, how can we find you? You know, like, where can we find more of these poems? And that was on Instagram. Um, and I like to shop. I, I appreciate a good fashion sense, you know, and so in the intermingling in that was like an outfit post here or there, you know, or the conversations about my body and how was that, how I was accepting her and coming home to her mm -hmm. and, and all of that journey. And then it just, you know, brands and conversations started to reach out and it was very uh, baffling at first. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry. You want me to put on your swimsuit and promote <laughs> what? You, what you're doing why you know like Aww. what like one i don't get in the water so i really don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> That's hilarious. and two like but on my body and so that became more of the conversation just more brands reaching out and and things like that and all through just like friends taking photos and so it was yeah. it wasn't something that i was like I'm going to use these specific hashtags and I'm going to start following all these influencers and take notes. I, I didn't, I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. Um, I'm just kind of going as it is, but I did start noticing the growing and the following. And I started to take note of um, the audience that was in front of me mm -hmm. and what are people responding to? usually it's photos where my friend likes to say where I'm half naked, but I'm not. It's just suits <laughs> or bras. And it's just that solidarity of like women seeing other women who look like them yes. or it's like boldness and courageousness and them having the ability to do it. So I started noticing, okay, what is creating the most traction? Um, what conversations are being had here that people want to be a part of? Cause that's mm -hmm. all social media is, is we're these wired and beautiful stories that are just, ranging all over the place and social media allows those stories to connect um and for a thread to be um seen between the two and so i knew that the story that i was telling was resonating with the story of others and and that's what i paid attention to i didn't pay attention to growing i didn't pay attention to following i just wanted to know why people were there you know and what they wanted there um and then that turned into a brand like ariella story is my name um story is my middle name but i just always thought it was prettier than my last name so i just <laughs> used it on everything um but it, i didn't set out for me to be Ariella Storia, it's right. just like my name. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of it was just kind of like organically following this, the doors that opened yeah. um, and the flow that was occurring. And it just so happened to be mostly online, which is really interesting. That's so yeah. cool. I, I think it's so interesting, especially for a lot of women in their 20s who think they have to have something figured out and either get discouraged when it doesn't work out a certain way or, you know, judgment on ourselves, whatever it is. Yeah. So I think it's so interesting and powerful that you really ended up in this place that you ultimately love and are really talented at. And it was really just by chasing those new doors that were opening for you. Um, and also yeah. I, I, I admire and am interested by everything with like working with brands and stuff. Cause I also, you know, I'm trying to share my message in terms of my history with food and body and everything. And I find it to be fascinating and it makes sense now, but at the time, all these things that I felt were the most shameful to share are things that people resonate with most and are like most inspired by is the authentic mm -hmm. side. Right. So mm -hmm. 
um, I think it's so cool that, of course, people do, you know, do the hashtag thing, follow who they can. Yeah, I mean, there is a system to it all. Of course, like, we of know course. that there's an algorithm and a, and a whatnot and a hashtag and a prom time to post and like all these things, <laughs> like, those things exist. Totally. But at the same time, it's like, are you, are you being a human? And yeah. I refuse to not be who I am in real life online. Yes. And that is something that I think is really important is that consistent thread of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, when people meet you, can they say like, oh, she's just like her page, you know, or mm-hmm. she's just because I've met way too many people where I've been so sad. And I'm like, you're not anything like you oh. say you are online. And I and that really broke my heart and so I really tried to set out to never be that you know take care of yourself because I'm a person still um the person became a brand whatever that means but at the same time I'm still a person but then also I just I love people you know and and I think it's important to be consistent and authentic in everything you touch that's probably the biggest key I think We've talked to a lot of people, Ariel, about, you know, kind of what Brenda said of like showing up as your authentic self and sharing your story, but you you do that and you also share your creative work, which I think sometimes, I mean, in my personal experience is harder than sharing my personal story, like sharing my creative work feels way scarier. Mm. Um, So do you have any advice for any young women that like are creatives, writers, performers, whatever, uh, and want to share their work, but are, are hesitant to put it out there because they're afraid. Of course. I mean, it is, it is a terrifying experience to marshal the most vulnerable and bare parts of your human existence to strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, for response and for critique and for feedback that you didn't necessarily ask for. Um, (laughs) That is never, that will never change. You know, Um, when I can get on stage again, I think, I think I'll be too excited to be nervous, but I I usually am always nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually always nervous before I perform and it's because it means something to me. It's because it's important to me. And so I noticed especially in the crossover of theater to poetry, I had a gift and it was not my responsibility to keep it to myself. I could have journal after journal after journal of poems. I could share it with my mom all I want to, but at the same time, like my mom is a writer too. And I remember in her beginning process of like, I don't have time. I can't write. I, I, there's already things that exist. And I told my mom, I was like, mom, there are women who are not yet free because you refuse to write down the words that they need as keys to unlock them. And I think this scene goes to anyone with an, with an art, uh, with a gift. Those are keys and our art and our gifting is the ability to be healing for ourselves, but also to be healing for other people. I might tell my students that all the time when I taught, my healing comes from putting it down on paper. My healing comes from the actual spilling of the words and then I set that release at the end. And then the healing of others comes from me having the boldness and the courageousness to share it. And we have a lot of the different platforms in which you can do that now. So you could be anonymous for all you want. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. this poet that I really love and um, Atticus poetry. Yes, I love big. Him. Yeah, he, I'm determined 
to meet who Atticus, Atticus is. Like I need <laughs> to find out who he is because he has found a way to create his art form and we have no idea who this person is, most people, you know? And so that was a way of protecting himself, you know, and also creating that separateness between the brand and the person. But at the same time, you can be anonymous for all you want to. And there's, you are, you know who you are and you know you're the ones putting that out. So I think in good time, you know, write the blog post, save it to draft, hit send or post when you're ready. Um, But I do think that there's so much that individual people have to offer. And it would not only do a huge disservice to yourself and the fullness Mm -hmm. of your identity, but also a huge disservice to the world and, and, and the glitter that you are very intentionally designed to put out in this world. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love Thank that. You. <laughs> Thank you. Did you hear that? Yeah. No, <laughs> especially there are forms of, you know, for you, Julia, obviously writing is a huge, huge healing tool for you. And she's, and something that she's talented at. Um, but no it, one would know. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, no, no one would know. <laughs> um, so I think, I think you definitely gave people that have the same question, including my dear friend here, the, <laughs> the bravery to take that next step because you're, you're so yeah. right. And, and I think you've witnessed it with me too. Like, like putting stuff out there that feels so scary mm-hmm. and stuff, it ends up being so rewarding because yeah. it gives mm-hmm. someone else the opportunity to relate or to do, you know, get the courage to do the same or any of yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're curious as to what are some of the biggest themes coming up in your writing right now? Yeah. Um, so much. I've been talking a lot about plants lately. Um, they have been my greatest teachers in the pandemic because, um, I mean, at the beginning we were all like, wow, this is crazy. We don't want to be here, you know? And I just started to notice my plants. I was like, my plants (laughs) just sit here. And they don't complain about being here. They're not like, oh, I have to sit here in the sun and grow all day. Like, woe is me. Like, they don't do that. So why am I, you know? Wow. Um, (laughs) So I I started to just like, like, I'm literally looking at them. Like, as I'm sitting here, I'll show you. So that I have like one right here. And then I have this guy up here on the bookshelf. And they're just like thriving. And I'm like, I they can thriving. be home and sitting and thriving too. And so wow. that was like a huge part of it. There's this park that's up the hill from our apartment that we would go to. And it's just like my favorite place to like sit and read and heal. And there was this one day where it's like my watch was reminding me to breathe because apparently I forget to do that sometimes <laughs> and I'm like sitting there and so I start breathing and I notice like as I'm breathing like the grass is moving furiously and the trees are swaying and it was just this beautiful moment of like oh wow I'm a part of this thing that's so much bigger than me yeah. um called life and existing and humanity and and being reminded of of those things in the pandemic was super important for me um so a lot of plants a lot of concept of flowers I love flowers so I'm talking about the process of blooming all the time and um, my next book is called the unfolding and that has a lot to do with noticing 
a lot of blooms that happen on my plants randomly, <laughs> just like little flowers that just start to unfold. Mm. Um, and it reminding me of my own unfolding as a human being and coming into this season as a recent wife and that whole disheveling and, and all that fun stuff. And so a lot of unfolding, a lot of blooming, um, a lot of plants and a lot of oceans you can find oh, in my poems lately. That. I love yeah. it. It's so true because especially I feel like our generation, we feel like if we're not in constant motion, we're not growing. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like there's a lot of shame around that for a lot of people in our generation of like, then you're lazy or you're not working hard enough mm-hmm. or, you know, but it's, it's true. Like you can grow in stillness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stillness doesn't mean stagnant. Right. Um, you a plant is constantly growing but from our viewpoint it's still um we don't notice it until we look at it again we're like that leaf wasn't there before you know but it's like this constant growing and evolving that happens so quietly and we have become a generation to post and to advertise and to promote and to boost and all those things are great to an extent but also like just the creating just for the sake of creating you know or the being just for the sake of being and I am queen of of pushing pushing myself to the limit and queen of, um, you know, close to burnout all the time. And I'm like, that does nothing for no one. Nope. Um, <laughs> and, and really having to check myself on that. And so, yeah, you're allowed to rest. Uh, you're allowed to um, not be productive and still have importance. Um, you're allowed to be still and still be valuable. Um, and I think those things are really important to remember, especially now. Really yeah. important. I love that. Um, I have a selfish question. Yeah. Um, I love the poem that you do in your Sims commercial. Oh, thank you. It's one of my favorites of yours. What was the inspiration for that one? Yeah. Yeah. So this is for you was one of the first poems um, I wrote, actually. So I wrote this is for you in like 20... 16 maybe 15 and um I remember writing it and crying when I wrote it because I knew it was going to I knew I was going to speak it over audiences that I had never met before. I knew that it was going to go places that I I wasn't even fully aware of and also as I was writing it I could see different parts of who I was talking to mm-hmm. um and so and then to get to the end of you know this is for you and you are enough that was not only something I was speaking over someone else but that was something I was speaking over myself too mm-hmm. um and that was really important to know and be aware of is as, as constantly reminding myself of my own enoughness mm-hmm. as I'm reminding others as well and so that one was a really fun one I still that's one of this is for you is one of my favorite poems um even to this day I end most of most of my sets when I did that um with that poem or started Mm -hmm. with it if I really wanted to shake people up Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, so it definitely was one of the first poems where I was like oh wow this gift is so much bigger than me Mm -hmm. and and I could feel it and I could see it with like every new phrase of who who the poem was for which ultimately is for everyone hopefully yeah yeah 
my acting coach, he always says, like, whenever you're performing, like, you're not just doing that character or that scene. Mm-hmm. You're standing for millions of people that came before. Yeah. Millions of people yeah. come ahead. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's that poem really does stand for millions of people. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, you, you, that was just so beautiful. Oh, so emotional. She really got like, she met your emotion there. Um, and Ariel, you're also a speaker on the unapologetic retreat as well as the Black Girl Magic Tour. So, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that, about those programs and why they're important to you? Yeah. So, on um, both of those, so the unapologetic, unapologetic retreat was technically started this weekend, but everything is online now. So you can just access things forever. <laughs> and and that one specifically is a space for black women and women of color to heal, to process, to um, learn to be inspired. Um, it, we are living in very unprecedented times, just not just within the pandemic, but within a racial pandemic as well. And noticing the influx of conversations having being had you know, via Black women and via people of color and just carrying that weight. And so the unapologetic retreat was to acknowledge and that there is a need and a space to heal for for women of color specifically. And um, so all the sessions were varying between like how to, you know, do your social media, how to tell a story, how to have value. And then I did a session on embracing your own magic um, and finding that this process of embracing your own magic comes from the awareness, um, acceptance and freedom of walking in your own skin and um, courageously stepping into your purpose. And so each session is like ranges from like what you want to do. You want to be inspired. Do you want to like cry? Do you want to meditate? Do you want to feel like, what do you want to do? And then the, um, well, this like has a black girl magic tour or summit. It has a few different names. And um, that one is a, an annual event that happens within the black girl magic um, brand or boss babe brand. And it happens every year. I was able to do the physical one um, one year. And then this year we had to go all online, but that one is specifically for the girl boss entrepreneur. Like you're going to have resources on finances, on having a lawyer on contracts, on the nitty gritty of being entrepreneur um in a woman of color at the same time because that is a different ball game a lot of times and so knowing how to own for your own up um, for your worth and your value how to ask for the rate how to ask for a raise um and then how to show up in the fullness of the magic that you are so for that one i did a poem to open this session just about the miracle and about the magic that black women are and so yeah love it so yeah so Mm -hmm. over it that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ariel, do you have any self-care secrets other than writing? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I work out every morning and that has less to do with my body and everything to do with my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, either it's just get up and do a few yoga flows or I love bar three, which is like an online class or fitness martial, which is this wild and crazy YouTube choreographer who does these like amazing dance videos and sometimes I'm like I don't want to work out I just want to move my body and they're so fun he is literally 
wild and it makes you laugh until you're sweating and you're I can't believe I don't know about him yeah fitness marshall he's on um youtube he has a podcast with like his ex-girlfriend and they they talk about things (laughs) like that's a whole situation his youtube channel is no joke I literally recently subscribed as a member because he does 60 minute sweat sessions so it's just like 60 minutes of dancing and then like he also will be like okay now we're doing cardio so then you're doing squats and you're doing lunges and crunches and then you're dancing yeah selena in the beginning so though moving my body is like huge for me going on walks i love going on walks um if i can go to the beach even if it's just to sit in my car and look at the waves like i will do that because i love the ocean i love bodies of water in general they just tend to be a super healing place for me i like to read i've been trying to read a lot more lately because that was something i definitely had been missing i think i was outpouring a lot and not inputting a lot so reading has been my space of inputting and i have a lot of beautiful friends who are releasing books and so they're asking me to read it ahead of time so i have a lot of books to read right now which has been super fun um and so reading and then my plants are like a huge part of my self-care like having the joy of like repotting a plant and just like getting your hands dirty or Mm. or watching a bloom as you water them it's just like super beautiful and really healing so those are Wow. Those are so many incredible tips. (laughs) Yeah. And we talk about, we talk about like fitness and and exercise, same thing (laughs) a lot on here. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because there is that like greater idea that fitness is only, you know, quote unquote about changing your body, but you're so, you're so right. And we talk about this so often that it's, it's so much more than that. And it can be Mm -hmm. so much more than that. And often looking at exercise and actually believing it besides just knowing it logically and actually believing that it's for more, so much more makes such a big difference in the actual, um, when you're actually going through that. So we, we, I was telling Julia the other day, I'm like the stuff that I say to myself now in all different aspects of movement is so different from what I used to say. Like Mm -hmm. if we have all these negative, you know, things going on in our minds how are we gonna Mm -hmm. enjoy it like how are we gonna make it through it's just it's not fair and approaching it with actual self-love and actual self-respect changes the experience so absolutely yeah I love that yeah thank you (laughs) of course and beyond self-care do you have any other like daily rituals routines anything that you kind of incorporate each day yeah I try to wake up and not be on my phone if the in the first hour if I can some days I'm not great at it some days I'm really great at it so finding that balance is really important I usually will have like a devotional or a book or like a journal prompt I always have a journal or something Mm -hmm. next to my bed so that that could be the first thing I grab and not my phone except you know we yeah. turn our alarms off on our phone and then mm. it just the spiral happens yep. <laughs> and so being really conscious of like I turn my alarm off I'm gonna grab my devotion I'm gonna grab my meditation I'm gonna grab my journal whatever it is um and then some days I can be really good at this but like hot water and lemon as a really good day thing to start your day off or just drinking water mm-hmm. um, before I drink coffee, before I drink anything yeah. else, like making sure water I always have hand. like my water bottle yeah. like by my bed and, and things like that. And so having a morning routine, I see 
often how important it is and um, how it creates just a, a flow in a system for you. I think especially now that there is real no schedule or set way of existing. And so I think creating our own routines is a way to bring, to not bring control, but to bring peace and bring stillness back into our lives. Um, and a routine is just something that you're, you, you know, that's dependable because you're the one showing up to do it um, every time. And so that's super important. And then I usually do some type of movement. And like I said, it has everything to do with like, I'm more productive when I move in the yeah, mornings, you absolutely. know, and I'm not a nighttime worker outer. I, I tried, I cannot. <laughs> um, and so I prefer to like, I will wake up at six. I will wake up at seven. I will wake up, you know, an hour or two before I need to be up and doing things to work out then. That way yeah. at night I can eat ice cream and go to sleep. So yeah, exactly. um, that is like the way I balance that. And yeah, I think journals are super important. Journal prompts are super important. Um, a gratitude list is something I try to jot down in the mornings. I forgot the question, but I hope this is the answer. No, this is the question. This, this is, is the question. question. This is it. Okay, great. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. Me, me and Brenna are big proponents proponents of that too, of like setting up your day for success in the morning. But it makes me think, Ariel, especially for what you do, I'm sure that's important to you for your creative mind, especially. Do you have any things that you do when you're having any creative blocks or if mm, you know, you're feeling particularly uncreative that day? Yeah. Um, music tends to help me a lot. I never... I always have music on when I write um, and it's usually like all instrumental because I don't like to pull like words from other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like a lot of instrumental, a lot of ambient stuff. And I will like keep pressing until I find the song where I'm like, oh, yeah. And I can kind of find a moment and a flow yeah. for myself. Um, so setting a tone is really mm -hmm. important, I think. And also knowing that when we have those blocks, it's less about not being creative or inspired. It's more so that we maybe just need to get out something. Um, so just write anyway, whether it's uh, a random prompt or um, like through the book, The Artist's Way, she, one of her homework assignments is morning pages. Um, so write an afternoon page of just like literally sheer nothingness. Like I need to go to a store. My desk is a mess. I should probably take that back. Ooh, you know, like just whatever yeah. that is. So get yeah. that out first and then try to go to a more structured, okay, here's my prompt or here's what I'm trying to create or write. I think going outside is super helpful, giving yourself brain breaks, um, going for a quick walk, doing a quick yoga stretch in between. Let there be a flow in other ways um, that allow, I think, the flow of creativity to show up in those moments of, of perceived feeling blocked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really good advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are so oh, incredible. incredible. As like, we knew. <laughs> as we already knew. But, you know, you. she's more incredible when you get to sit down with her. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Uh, we just have two small questions left yeah. for you before we let you go. Has there been any resource in your life thus far? It could be a book, a podcast, a person that has helped guide you through your 20s. Mm, yeah. Adele has helped guide the yes. in my 20s because yes. she guides everyone through everything. And yes, she is. Oh man, I just, I'm very anxious for her to have new music um, because I just feel like I'm going to just resonate deeply oh, with it to some way. And so 
Adele um, has been a huge part of that process. Hannah Brincher, she's an author. Any of her books um, have just been saving graces for me. Um, she talks a lot about how to show up in the world. And I started reading her in college. And so she kind of has been in this really long journey with me. And now we're friends, which is mind blowing to me every time. Um, but she's, her books are constantly things I come back to, to remember who I am and, and how I'm meant to show up in this world. Oh my goodness. Through my 20s. Yeah, because I'm, I'm wrapping those times up. That's no! pretty fun. Um, but yeah, Cleo Wade, all of her books are really lovely. And just a lot of like mentors and friends mm -hmm. in, in my own life and, and people who have walked with me and wept with me. And um, those are the people who have shaped, you know, who I am who I am today and it's funny in this season of life a lot of them are moving um, which has been really disorienting but then also this conversation of you know the last guru um, like we can only be taught and mentored so much until we become the teachers and the mentors and so I'm definitely in this season of life where I'm noticing that people who have poured into and shaped me are now leaving like you're good now you know um you are who you needed to become and and now it's my turn to to mentor and to teach um and and that person will continue to 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 do the same for others so it's this really beautiful space of like I have not reached any point because there is no point to reach. There is no um, end game to this, you know, until we're no longer here and breathing. But there is a point where it's like, oh, I've become something because of people. And I will continue to allow other people to become something be because of me. So, um, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And our last question for you is where can people find you? So Instagram, your website, and where can people get your published work and your EP? Yeah. So everything is Ariel Astoria. So A-R-I-E-L-L-D. E and then E S T. I almost forgot <laughs> how to spell her own name. Okay, guys. <laughs> I was like, it's because the double E is confusing. And then another E, S T O R I A, and that's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, if you're into that, YouTube. And then all of my books um, are one is actually under my last name, but it's on my website. So you can find that. Um, and that once the next book comes out, that will disappear. So get it while, get it while you can. Um, and so, yeah, everything like that is on, on my website, which is again, arielastraya.com. Incredible. Amazing. Seriously, yeah. we can't thank you enough for being here. We're so inspired by you, your talent, the way you show up in the world and the way that you choose to share your story and your talent yeah. with others to inspire. So thank you from the bottom of our Thank head. you. Thank yes. you both. You're Thank dear. You Thank you. Of course. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.